Welcome to The Barbell Strikes Back. I'm your host, James McDermott, and I'm super excited because my guest today is Viviana Podaisky. Viviana is a wedding and family photographer who takes a photojournalistic approach to documenting weddings and the sport of weightlifting through her current company, Everyday Lifters. Viviana, how are you doing? That's, um, I'm fantastic. And you, that was like really nice. I should just like bring you along to like <laughs> in yeah. events and stuff when I need to introduce myself. It's like, God, oh, James got it. <laughs> what, wouldn't that be cool if, you know, like that's how they used to, I think, do it like back in like medieval times, like, uh, or you see it like on Game of Thrones, whenever like a king or someone or a queen is, is brought into an area, there's always someone who has to list off, you know, the, uh, the first of their line, you know, yeah. king of the end-alls, all that stuff. So, hey, that would be kind of a cool thing to do uh, for, uh, I think, professional athletes and definitely people in the community should have that. I agree. You ever look into, like, doing announcing, like, at weightlifting? Like, um, yeah, uh, no, I, I haven't looked into that. I think the closest I've, I've been to that kind of a role was, uh, was managing the cards at, uh, in Warwick. Okay. At, um, uh, that, was, uh, that was a couple years ago. In Warwick. Uh, that was actually in the old facility. They've moved facilities, uh, Ryan yeah, was telling me. Right. But, but yeah, so that's the closest I've got. So I think it'd be fun to do that. You have the voice for it. So. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I've, I've, I've done some things for like uh, CrossFit events, just like uh, announcing what an event is and going over the rules. But I think it'd be cool to like, just kind of just like call the action. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to put it out there. But I mean, the world has to open up first in order for that to happen. So. We'll, we'll <laughs> or at is, least at least new york has to open up for that, that is to happen. true that is true so what i really want to talk about and get down here to uh viviana is all about you like i i've i've we've run into each other at different weightlifting meets normally you know i'm coaching so i'm super busy you're running around taking photos so you're super busy and for anyone who doesn't know like you're literally everywhere at a meet you know i don't know how you do it I'll be in the main room watching the platform with my athletes and I'll see you in front of the platform taking photos. Then it's time for us to go back. We go to the back room and I'm like, wait a minute, how is Viviana also back here? <laughs> then I look up into the scaffolding and in the rafters and you're hanging down back <laughs> in the aisle, taking photos. And I was, I was like, I don't know how she's literally everywhere where I turn and look, but somehow you make it happen at these events. So it's super cool. Uh, so I want to get into all of that. And I want to start with photography. So what, what's your background with photography? What drew you into this profession? You know, wh why are you passionate about it? Let's talk and start there. Uh, okay. Wow. So, so I went, short story, younger years, went to college. I tried to major in arts. My parents were like, you're not going to be a starving artist. No art degree for you. Find something else. So I let that go, became a teacher, super passionate about it. But all along the way, I was, I had my first camera was, uh, was a film camera. I always painted, I drew. And then I was a teacher for 12 years. And I still did, I still did photography, but it, it was more of like a hobby. And just photographed my family, things like that. Um, had a major hiccup in my career because I was totally burnt out. Um, right around the same time, I had picked up the sport of weightlifting and I decided to kind of further pursue, like I took a couple of photos for Danny at the gym, just like as for fun. And 
I'm like, you know what, this is kind of neat. I want to be able to kind of take some photos of my teammates, but not necessarily on the platform. I want to take them, like really focus on them warming up because I don't think that's really show, like you don't get to see that side a whole lot. And then I ended up selling my triathlon bike, bought my first digital camera, things at work got even worse. And so my husband said to me, why don't you focus all your energy into photographing these athletes? Cause it seems like you're having a lot of fun. And then before I knew it, lifting life saw my work. I went to an event and I'm like, oh, I'm really doing this. Um, Everyday Lifters, the Instagram account uh, was an accident. <laughs> I had created the account and uh, no one was supposed to know about it. I accidentally linked it to my Facebook page and then the messages started coming in like, what is this thing that you're doing with everyday lifters? I'm like, I'm not really sure, but <laughs> I'm doing it. And then here we are. That's, that's super cool. And you know, you mentioned Danny, that's Danny Casey. He was on the podcast uh, episode two. So right, oh, okay. right at the beginning, I had him on months ago and that's, you know, awesome that you're from his gym and one of his athletes. Uh, what, what made you come up with the name Everyday Lifters? Like what, what, what sparked that? So the whole idea was when I first started, it was really, I first started the Instagram account. I, I wanted to tell stories of the average person, the average mom and dad, the average student that they go and they decide to pick up the sport of weightlifting or they decide to pick up some sort of lifting sport, you know, um, and just kind of tell their stories. So that was where Everyday Lifters, that was sort of like the foundation. Like, okay, I'm going to go. And that's, I did that for about a year. I, I went around and just got, I got to know people and people that weren't famous, like within the weightlifting community. It was just folks that I wanted to talk to and ask them about like why they set time aside to train, even though they know they're never going to go to nationals or they're never going to go to worlds. And that's really how I wanted to keep the company and really keep, um, like my social media accounts and my pictures was really meant to provide a quality service, but for people that are just like your average folks. The everyday lifter. And yeah. that's, that's pretty cool. You know, I feel like we have a similar mindset on the projects that we're doing and, and pursuing, you know, uh, that's kind of how I feel about the podcast. You know, I just wanted to get people from my local community on, you know, just like you and Danny and others and lifters that I know that, you wouldn't necessarily see like on hook grip or uh, some other big podcast or big production, you know, cause everyone has an amazing story. And you, you said that you, you wanted to tell their story, you know, the everyday lifter is, is that where the photojournalistic part comes into play? Like what, what is photojournalism and how do you implement that into weightlifting? So when I get hired for an event, I want to make sure that I can document everything that happens from the very beginning to the end. And that means everything that's like really good and all the ugly. So the mislifts, the crying, the, you know, being embarrassed, the, you know, the coach being really nervous because their athletes about to go on and they just miss both of their snatches and they may possibly bomb out and they've spent this money and, you know, to go out to a competition, everything. So everything is documented from beginning to end. Oh, I, I know that. Viviana, do you see all these gray hairs right here? That's, <laughs> that's all from, that's all coaching. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get in to that see situation. You, you guys definitely do a whole lot of sweating there. Um, so I, 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 that's really what, 
because the feedback that I get from weightlifters after they see their photos is like, it's like, wow, I can really remember everything that happens on this day. You know, it's one thing when you take a cell phone video and you kind of see the lifts, but when you incorporate the images too, and you see the begin like the story from beginning to end, um, and especially for those that perhaps maybe will hire me two or three times, because then they may have two or three years worth of documentation of like, like all their training had led up to this one competition. So that's kind of neat that I get to be part of their memories in that way. And that's, that's super cool that you, someone could have all of that documented and, and look back because when you're in the back room warming up, you're focused on just the task at hand. Yep. Your coach is focusing on you. Yep. But when they see that outside image in, they're like, like, wow, like that really helps me appreciate the moment a little bit more. Because it's, it's kind of hard to appreciate a moment when you're living it and it's a high stress moment and you're just go, go, go. And after the lifting's done, you're like, okay, we survived. And it, it's good to have this to be able to reflect back on that. Oh, remember that? That's when your shoelace was untied and you missed that one lift or whatever happened, you know, yeah. or you see them laughing and that's because, you know, your coach said a funny joke and, and that, that joy was captured in a photo like that. I think that's, that's a, so, such a cool thing. Mm -hmm. I agree. And it's, I, and it's, it's other, like other little things too. Like you, I may be able to get like, let's say the loaders cheering on for, a weightlifter or you might or a lot of times if I have access if I know a family let's say there's a wife and the kids out in the audience I'll take photos of them cheering on their significant other which is kind of neat that um, I can pull all those images together yeah I had one weightlifter and this was actually I had two two in particular that come to mind but one who was having like uh, a hip replacement and it was gonna be her last competition forever wow. and that to her like I, I knew that the photos how much they were going to mean to her so she created like a whole album and uh it's something that she still to this day like thanks me for and I'm just like oh my god it's like so nice <laughs> uh so those sorts of things too yeah are kind of neat yeah th those are some of my favorite photos where it's just very candid of the audience the loaders like you said the the officials yeah. you know which photos of officials they always look so grumpy but you know <laughs> in, in the back room too you know it's like um it's almost like everything around the actual lifting mm -hmm. is is more important it's just all it all plays into it and and like i said it's like if you're out there on the platform about to do your lift you can't see your family and how proud they are and the joy they have you know watching you or cheering you on mm -hmm. you know m most lifters i think would agree it's uh, it's all blur it's 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 over in like 20 total seconds of work. You're like, wait, what happened? Yeah. Like, all my months of work led up to this. Am yeah. I done? Yeah, yeah, you're done. It's that fast. <laughs> and they're like, well, I don't remember anything. And hopefully someone took videos. Yeah. So I think this is a, a great service to have. And I think more people should take advantage of it. I agree. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit now on your weightlifting. Okay. So, so you, you're, you're into photography you know, you, you're deciding to pursue this as, as a career. It's kind of interwoven into weightlifting, but how did you start weightlifting? What got you into the sport and what drew you to that? So I started out in CrossFit. I think like, like everyone else's story, you know, they start out in CrossFit and I had really, I had never heard of the sport of weightlifting at all. And when I started weightlifting, I'm like, oh, this is really cool. I wish I could do more of this. 
Like, I don't want to do the box jumps necessarily or handstand pushups. Like, can I just do more barbell work? And then, um, someone suggested like, Hey, listen, there's this guy named Dan Casey. He owns a gym in Thornwood. Um, you should check him out. Like maybe he can help you with some stuff. And the whole idea was like, I was just going to go there for the summer to kind of help. He was going to help me with my snatches. And then I fell in love with it. I loved everything about it. And then I was there. I actually, unfortunately I took, I have taken a break from weightlifting. So I haven't done it in like, I would say probably close to probably January. Uh, so I won't be doing it probably for the rest of the year, um, especially now with like things going on with the gyms being closed. Um, yeah, this is kind of a good time to take some time off if you were going to do <laughs> it. We couldn't have planned this any perfect. I know. Um, but that's kind of like my, my whole story and how I got into weightlifting. And I'm not a very good weightlifter. Like I'm like, at this point, I, I think I was doing it because it, it I felt stronger, you know, like I felt like I wasn't struggling to bring up the groceries and like up the stairs. I wasn't struggling with my gear. Uh, like I'll be 41 this summer and I can't tell you how many of my other friends have like thrown out their backs or they can't run around with their kids or they can't do certain things, certain activities because they're weak. Uh, so for me, well, well, I would say, just, I would say, you know, that maybe that's just evidence that you are a great weightlifter. You know, like what's the definition of, of a great weightlifter? Is it getting, that. you know, gold medals or, or whatnot? Or is it just being able to go about your daily life and not have any limitations and be proud of what you're doing? Yeah. I, think, I think if you pick up the barbell and throw on a singlet and you love it, you're a great weightlifter. You know, uh, I, I think uh, maybe separating the word great and champion and other things like mm -hmm. i feel like there's different categories yeah, so yeah no. I, I think someone who isn't a great weightlifter is someone who doesn't want to do weightlifting because weightlifting's super cool so it's why why wouldn't you want to do it you know i agree that's excellent james yeah it's just funny because people i think people automatically assume because i have been to worlds and i photograph like these international competitors that they're just like hey so when are you going to nationals i'm like no, dude, <laughs> my photography doesn't, you know, uh, I wish it could like magically, um, I don't know, have some sort of like magic power over my uh, technique, but it doesn't work out that way. Yeah. That, that, that sounds like the good, uh, like a cool premise for a book. Like I had like images of like Dorian Gray with the, po with the photo and it keeps him young. <laughs> but if that was like a cool sci-fi or horror story where yeah. you're a sports photographer who takes photos, but you siphon some of their athletic ability and skill and they get worse, but you get better. Oh, who would be my first victim? I'll have to yeah. think about this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Who would you, who would you want to siphon? We should, we should sell this to Stephen King. We'll, we'll, I think we'll do a good job. I'm like fleshing all that out. Yeah. So you, you found Danny and you're going to the gym. It was supposed to be a summer thing, but as we know, weightlifting just pulls you in. And Danny has one of the coolest gyms I've ever seen. Like it's a legit weightlifting gym. It's, it's awesome. It's a small, intimate space and there's no rigs, no CrossFit stuff. You know, it's just pure weightlifting. Yeah. Uh, so I was there for a couple of years and that's pretty much it. It was just, it's just all weightlifting and a lot of it, a lot of our training actually involves um, a lot of accessory work, which I think people are surprised when they go and they start training under Danny. 
they'll do their sets and they're like, okay, so I'm going to put more weight on. And Dan would be like, yeah, no, we're, we're, you're, you're good here. You're now going to do some accessory work. And they're like, what, what do you mean accessory work? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I think yeah. that's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Got to get things a little stronger, mm-hmm. you know, like bring up your weaknesses. Now, as an athlete, you know, when, you know, after that initial period, you're like, okay, summer's over, I'm all in. Did you have any goals? Like, did you, did you have like any aspirations? You're like, okay, I want to get to this level either, or I want to hit this weight. I want to go to this competition. I want to qualify for that. What, what kind of athletic goals did you have for weightlifting? Uh, I think at the time when I first joined, I did want to be able to qualify for master's nationals and I was just a few kilos shy when they, like, I think it was like the following year they increased the total. So I was just kind of like, ah, darn. All right. (laughs) I don't know if that's going to happen. So for me, it was just more competing locally, I think was really important. I tried to do it at least once a year. And what ended up happening was there was a huge shift in, in my training because once I started traveling, I, my training was not as consistent. So I had to almost like strip away, not strip away, but kind of reevaluate my goals and say, okay, well, what is it really that I want to do here? Is it that I just want to be able to stay healthy, keep my back healthy, uh, be able to carry around my gear (laughs) and not fatigue. So um, that, that ultimately ended up being what my goal was during training. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine, you know, if, if you're doing a full wedding, you know, a full day of photography, carrying around the bag and also just holding the camera in your hands like the camera doesn't weigh that much but it's like okay try to hold on to it for a couple hours in the same you know your arms elevated and looking through a lens and just that repetitive motion of clicking you know to to take the photo anyone who's spent any time at a keyboard knows that your hands start to you know they they fatigue just being stuck in that position so that's a that's a pretty cool thing that there's there's an a marriage an intermingling of being strong and the photography and being able to endure that full day's work because of the training you're doing in the gym. Yeah. And really to be able to navigate a competition, like for me to be able to run around between platforms and know that I'm going to have maybe a 12 or 13 hour day. Um, (laughs) So all the squatting and everything really just prepared me for, (laughs) you know, the American opens and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I'll, I'll see photographers, you know, or I'll see you and you're in a lunge position, yeah. you're in a squat position, you're sitting on the floor, you know, you're standing and, or you have like the, the coaches lean, you know, and coaches yeah. <laughs> or you're like trying to get different angles for photography. How do you manage and plan out where you're going to go at a meet? Let's say we're at, we're at the AO and okay. several platforms in the back. There's tons of them. There's also a couple platforms out front. Yep. for competition going on. How do you decide where are you going to spend your time uh, either in the, both in the back and in the front? So if let's say I'm covering someone, I'll kind of go with that approach. Let's say someone hired me and so I have several people. I watch their warmups and if their warmups are not like, they're like sketchy, like this may not go well on the, on the platform, then I will be at a distance for their snatches because I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I know like for me when competing the snatches, I feel like I need to get through them in order to feel like I can breathe for a minute. Like, okay, it's going to be fine. I'm not going to bomb out. I just need to focus on what's in front of me. Right. 
Yeah, the competition starts after snatch number one. Or oh, that's the- amazing. Yes, yes. Yeah. So if I start to see that a, a weightlifter is like really nervous, um, I'll kind of set myself really back and really make sure that I try to grab at least some front photos of them completing their snatches because if all goes really bad, <laughs> then at least they have a couple of photos of them completing their first or second snatch. Um, if their warm-ups look good, then I may take more of an artistic approach and start doing photos like from the, like me laying down on the floor or photos of them from the back. Uh, so it just really depends on the weightlifter and how they're doing. Um, if, so if I'm in the warm-up area and I'm taking photos of them and they're just like pale white, then I'll know to kind of scale back a little bit and maybe not cover a whole lot. So it just depends on who I'm covering for the day. Do do you interact with them at all? Like, let's say if I hired you and you're going to follow me, obviously I know, okay. Uh, And actually that, I feel like that would add a little bit of extra pressure too. Like, all right, I'm going to warm up. I'm going to get ready for my lifts. I'm going to be talking to my coach. But I also know that Viviana is floating around and she's watching the whole time. So I have this, these, uh, this, another set of eyes on me when Mm -hmm. it already feels like everyone's eyes are on you, right? Whenever you're warming up or you go out, you feel like you're the center of the universe, so uh, do you ever interact with the athlete or anything like that? If they're looking for me, I'll introduce myself. And then I just sort of disappear into the crowd. If they're not looking for me, I'll introduce myself after uh, when they start their warmups or after they're done with their snatches, then I'll introduce myself. That's pretty cool. Like, I, I, I feel like you should have like a, a, a paparazzi TMZ option <laughs> where it's like, uh, I can hire you but we've never met before and you're going to be as secretive as possible yeah. and then have all these candid photos and whatnot. Cause that's kind of what it sounds like, yeah. you know, unless, unless I I'm looking for you and then now I know the deal. I feel like I wouldn't want to know. I feel like it'd be cooler to have it be the other way. Yeah. I would prefer, I like it better when people don't know because what ends up happening is when they do know and I'm there and it happens every so often, then you kind of have people that are friends that join in the pictures, you know, they're like giving the thumbs up. It doesn't feel as, candid is like how a training would re- I mean how a warm-up would really go uh and it kind of just it does it disrupts the flow a little bit of the images but yeah you don't yeah. you don't want like Instagram photos you know exactly. of like everyone posing yes. you yeah. want people to be in the moment and to be able to feel the moment through the photo because of the emotions and and what what they're doing exactly none of this like you know like yeah. The- <laughs> yeah, no peace signs or anything yeah, like exactly. that now in being at a competition, you've been on both ends of the coin. You've been on the platform. You have been on the other side of the camera. Uh, what is it like being behind the camera for a really, really big lift versus being the one who's going to be doing a big lift? You know, it's a big lift for you. Uh, is it, does it feel the same? Because you know, you're, you're probably very invested in your client's lift right now. You want them to do well. The emotion's high in the room. You can feel that. What's it like being on both sides of the coin? Um, as it's, that's an interesting question because I'm like weightlifter Viv is very different than photographer Viv. So weightlifter Viv when training and even like I'm at a competition, like don't talk to me. I don't want to hear anything about your life. Don't ask me about my kids. Don't ask me about my husband. Don't like, don't, like nothing, like do not talk to me. And in a very respectful way, like I mean that in the most like loving way. 
um, something shuts off in me. Uh, but then photographer Viv is more like empathetic, more like I want you to do well. Like I, I, I think at that moment, like when I'm a weightlifter on the platform, I'm really just thinking about, I, I think like I allow myself space to think about myself first. Like I want to be able to do well, like um, versus like when I'm a photographer, I am just watching out for the competitor. I don't know if that makes sense. So no, yeah, you're you're almost like a a guardian angel floating around when you're a photographer, Viv, and it's like you're you're out there, and at least there's one person, additional person, who's sending positive energy towards the yeah. lifter. Yeah, and like you said, you're empathetic, you're caring, you're 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 there for them. Mm-hmm. Versus cool. the weightlifter Viv is is entirely different. Yeah. And I, I think everyone can can relate to that. You know, it's like, uh, it's, you know, you, you want to be, you know, you want to have, it's your time when you're lifting, you know, it's, yeah. it's no one else's time and you don't want to have to be answering questions. Uh, you definitely don't want to be like in the middle of your warm up and someone's like, Hey, can you step a photo of us? And they hand you your. Yeah. It's phone. happened where people would be like, Hey, I like, can I have some advice on cameras or. And it's oh, like, really? just, yeah, just like shoot me a message. Like I'm, like always so willing to answer any questions you may have, just like not for the next hour or so. <laughs> so it's okay. Yeah, this is Viviana's time to, to lift and it's, it's someone else's time maybe to do the photography. Do you, yeah. do you have anyone who does the photography when you're lifting and like so that you can experience kind of the service that you're giving to others? Mm-hmm. So my friend Liz, who is a, she's a, She's a, I forget her, like the technical name for her. She's a freelance artist, but she does not only like design work, um, like she, she helped create my, she created my website. She created the logo for Everyday Lifters and often she'll be at like competition. So she's just awesome because if she, I don't compete often, but when I do, she does try to make it out to take a couple photos of me. So that's really nice. And, and I love, I love her approach. It's very good. We have very similar styles and um, our love for photography is pretty similar as well. So she takes care of her clients. So it's really neat to be able to get some photos from her when she can, yeah, when she can come out. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, if you're a coach, it's, it's good to be coached as well. You know, it's, it's yeah. necessary. It's fun. You know, if you're a photographer, it's good to have someone else like take care of you. And you mentioned that she designed your logo. So I have a theory about your logo and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. It's, it's a circle with a barbell in it. Is that supposed to represent a lens of a camera focused on a barbell? It could be. You know, I had a long talk just recently uh, with Liz about it, about my logo, um, because there were people that at first thought was inspired by like Wu-Tang, you know, the Wu-Tang symbol oh, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Um, but I never thought of it that way. I don't know. I'll have to let her know. That's pretty neat that you had, like you saw it that way. Yeah, that's cool, James. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, I was looking at it. I'm like, you know, it's, it's gotta be more than just a barbell. So I was like really trying to dive into it. And I'm like, oh, it's gotta be the lens of a camera that's focused on a barbell because it's everyday lifters and that's the focus of your shoot. So that's just the thing that popped into my head. I'll have to ask her. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Ask her and have her get back to me. You know, it's, that's the fun thing about like a logo like that is that it can be interpreted in so many yeah. different ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes it an even better logo because it means something different to everybody. Yeah. Now you're working with, and are you uh, a part of the company, uh, Lifting Life? Yeah. So Lifting Life is, is a, I mean, I would say it's a service 
so the owner, the CEO of Lifting Live, she's a weightlifter herself. So she lifts for, um, she's, I guess, on team for Lebanon, but she trains under um, CJ Cummings coach, Ray. And her husband, Ryan, um, he's funny because he, so Hala is the CEO, but Ryan, you know, Ryan says like, oh, I'm, I'm a nobody, but Ryan is like, he's, he's, he really was the one that created Lifting Life or the two of them together. So I don't know if you know the story behind Lifting Life and how uh, that. No, I don't. I know, I've only seen them at events and, you know, I, I see that you're working with them or taking photos. So uh, what's, what's the story behind it? So they have an interesting story. It's pretty cool. So Hala, a couple of years ago, I can't, I don't remember which uh, worlds it was, um, maybe 2016, I don't know, it was a couple of years ago. She was in the B session. Um, she had a different coach at the time. And a lot of times um, these weightlifters, they need photos in order to give them to their local newspapers so they can get sponsors, you know, the whole, the whole thing. And there was nobody there to take photos of her. And they started thinking, the two of them, like, hey, like, what happens to all these weightlifters that are at Worlds? They, weightlifting is their career, but they're not in the A session, you know, and they don't get photos of themselves because maybe there aren't photographers really covering these other sessions. Um, how about we start a company and provide quality photos for everyone from the elite to, you know, the local weight, you know, just like the regular local weightlifter. And then that's how Lifting Life was born, which I, I think is a pretty neat story. And yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And the 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 really the thing that stands out for me is the community aspect. You know, uh, mm -hmm. I think it's if you share that love around, you know, to the beginners who it's their first meet, you know, even if it's or if it's the first international or world or national meet, all the way to the elite it makes everyone feel a little more unified because you know? yeah. everyone's already, that's the beauty about weightlifting. Everyone are, is already going through the same things. The mm -hmm. weight on the bar might be different, but what's heavy for you is not heavy for me, but what's heavy for me, it's like we both understand what heavy yes. feels like and what it's like to miss a lift or to make a lift. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's so cool that everyone gets to be involved. Cause I know for years people would see photos and, or like videos of hook grip and probably think to themselves, it'd be so cool if I could have a slow-mo video or if I could have this, but I'll yeah. never get one, you know, because why would the camera be on me? And now yeah. a company like Lifting Life and yourself are putting the camera on everyone. And that's just the coolest thing ever. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the things that I just, I really love about the company and Ryan and Hala are just awesome people. Um, so Pretty much what happened, I, I went to the when American Open was just like American Open. When it wasn't broken up, it wasn't the series. I went to a competition. Uh, Andy, who I guess he's like the manager of Lifting Life. He's really, I don't know if you've ever seen or met Andy from Lifting Life. He's like this tall dude and he's also running around always with a camera. Uh, I've, I haven't met anyone from the organization. Uh, the only person I've met is, is just you. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Andy was like, hey, you know, uh, like, are you here with a company? And I'm like, yeah, I'm here with Everyday Lifters. <laughs> you know, and I wasn't sure really what I was doing there, but I knew that I just needed to experience just a different type of event that wasn't local. And he's like, hey, uh, let's, let's look at your work. And he saw it and he's like, do you want to come on as a photographer? We're going to try out these like VIP personal photographer things. And I'm like, all right, sure. And then before I knew it, I was going out to these events um, and that was it. Yeah. 
Very cool. Now, you know, how does, so were you able just to go to the AO, you got your camera, uh, you've already got your credentials because you're an athlete. So does that mean you can just walk around and take photos free reign? Like how does, how does uh, anyone decide to do that? So for, so something like the American Open, you get, anyone can apply for media credentials. Like that, that's how I was able to get a little tag. Um, And for Worlds, it's different. Yeah, there's like a whole, (laughs) a whole thing of like different types of levels and credentials and whatever. But for something like the American Open, anyone can apply for a media credential and you just have it and then you can walk around. But I think where it gets a little weird is that you, you may have like, let's say a newer photographer who may not know the officials. They may not know the people that are kind of working and they're in, the, in, a, in a bad spot. Maybe they set themselves up right in front of the, like right behind the center judge <laughs> or they set themselves up in a place where they shouldn't be. And that's where it gets a little like a little sketchy. Yeah. I feel like that could be dicey too. If you're not someone who is like fluent with like the etiquette at a meet, you yes. know, you're walking in front of platforms when yes. someone's doing a big warm up, things like that seems like it would be a problem. Exactly. So you're, you're, you're there with lifting life and you're going to all these, these events and, and you're still with them. What, uh, what are you guys kind of doing now in the downtime since there aren't really meets going on and there's just online meets. How are you guys, are you guys going back and doing archive photos, you know, for promotion? What, what, what's kind of going on now? Uh, for lifting, I actually honestly don't know. I haven't talked to Andy in, I don't know, probably in about two months or so. From my understanding, if there's anything really, because Andy lives in Florida, so if there's any sort of local competition, he'll be there as Lifting Life. So he'll just be like there himself and as like one person is Lifting Life. Maybe he will hire any local photographers. Um, but as far as later on, um, like the American Open, final because I know in December there I think they've combined them all right like if I think US uh, they're going to do youth nationals nationals and, and then fin- <laughs> yeah yep. okay yes yes yeah the only thing that's not included is uh masters okay all right so like for something like that he like if, well I guess it just depends if we're even going to have competitions then but he may call up a few photographers like hey listen we really really need your help for this this is going to be a major event uh can you come out and for the most part, like tickets are out of pocket. So I need to make sure that, um, you know, that I'm not out of money because I mean, that's happened too. sometimes. Like I bought my ticket and I think I'm going to sell X amount of photo packages and it doesn't happen. Um, so there's that sort of like piece that photographers have to juggle with a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And getting flights and, and hotels and stuff like that. You have to make sure that your expenses don't outweigh your, you know, your income. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I, I feel like that would be something that a, a rookie photographer wouldn't think about. And then until you get home and you're like, ah, I'm in the red. Yep. <laughs> yeah, darn. <laughs> so how, how does it work with, you know, you're, you're in the back, you're at the AO or Worlds or something like that. And you have the press c- credential. You're going around, you're taking photos of different athletes. Do, does anyone ever say, hey, I, I don't want my photo taken. Don't take my photo. And are they allowed to do that? And what is, how does it work with having a lifter's image? And then, you know, let's say you take a, a photo of CJ Cummings okay, and, and you post it on your social media to promote XYZ or just to show it off. How does all of that work? 
Okay, so this is a couple, there's a couple questions here. I'm gonna just write down so I don't forget. So I'll give you a story with, uh, you know, Lydia Valentine, Valentine? Yep. In Spain, right? Yep. So 2017 Worlds, uh, what was it, like ESPN Sports covered it. I don't know, there was like these big cameras there and there was, they were all up in her face, James, like she was trying to warm up and she did her the whole heart thing like okay this is what you want you want me to like do the heart thing and they kept asking like okay do it again lydia do it again and finally she was like no like she positioned herself on the platform and made it very well known with her bodily language that like i don't want you anywhere near me this is not you know this is really for the cameramen so for something like worlds i will bring the longest lens possible and take photos from afar. Okay. Um, I won't get close to the weightlifters um, because the, this is, I mean, when you're going to Worlds, this is their job. Like they, there's like, if they don't do well, they will not get paid and earn, you know, make a living. So I have to be very respectful of, you know, of that. Um, if I'm photographing, if I'm just kind of like freely covering, let's say the American Open, it kind of goes back to, like I'm allowed to photograph anyone there because I believe when they sign up, when they register, if I'm not mistaken, I think there's something that you sign that says there is a possibility your photo may be taken at some point. Um, so I've never had anyone say to me like, hey, don't take my photo. Um, but again, I am respectful of like people's spaces. If they look like they're freaking out, then <laughs> they're yeah. Just like, yeah, yeah, maybe I won't take their photos. And then as far as usage of photos, um, I won't use any of the photos for commercial purposes. Um, and I try my best to protect all the athletes. Uh, if I see that a company's grabbed my photo and they try to use it for commercial purposes, because if they are, they really should be paying not only me, the photographer, but also the athlete that's in the photo. Really? Okay. I didn't realize that I, I would, I would have assumed that, of course they have to compensate you but I didn't realize that they would also have to compensate the athletes. So let's the say right ESPN, thing. someone at ESPN Googles, you know, CJ Cummings and they find your photo. It's an awesome photo. They put it on TV or wherever they'd have to compensate both of you. Yeah. They didn't, they wouldn't necessarily, cause what ends up happening is for the most part, an athlete will say, you know, let's say a company ESPN is different. Cause I think it's like editorial. I think it falls under that versus someone saying, I'm going to use this photo to sell my shirts. Um, okay. and they're making a profit from using this person's picture. So I had like a weightlifting shoe company use CJ Cummings photos to try to sell their, their, uh, you know, their shoes. I had a, a small shirt company that tried to use Alex Smith's photos for something that they were promoting. So if it's used for commercial usage, then the athlete has the right to be like, Hey, you need to pay up. <laughs> so that, that makes sense. And it's, it's fair, you know, I mean, the, there used to be the wild west of the internet back in the day with photos and not crediting. And when Google, you know, first started to get big, you would just Google photos and you would pull yeah. one and you would use it, you know, but now there's stock art and there's all kinds of copyright laws and protection and rightfully so. Cause you know, someone had to do like, you had to work 14 hours running around with that camera and all the training that led up to it to take that photo. Someone should be fair and, credit you and give you what, what you deserve. Yeah. Now at these big meets, 
Uh, do you have any like um, any memorable stories on things that you've either witnessed in the back where you saw someone lift an inhuman weight or just like maybe maybe two lifters got, you know, in a scuffle, like who knows, like, I'm sure yeah. you've seen a lot of things happen in the back and also just at competitions. So I'm interested to hear some stories if you got them. Um, I'm trying to think the one that really stood out for me. So I tried to write two because there are so many. Um, so there's the weightlifter. I can't, I'm, I'm terrible with names. Uh, Salim, Salimi Bihad, I think it is, or he's, yeah. the, he's, he's the Iranian lifter. I think so. I think so. So he's retired now, but, um, and he's like a pretty well-known weightlifter. Like, <laughs> and in 2017 world, we were taking the bus back. Like the, the day was over. I was on the bus and there's like all these weightlifters, like Max Lang is on this bus. There's like all these, and then he's there. Uh, Salim is there. And I know, I know, you know, I know who he is. And there was a spot next to him and he told me to sit down next to him. And I said, all right. So I sit down and he was like, I'm a weightlifter. I'm like, dude, I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> he's like telling me his whole story. And he's like, I'm pretty good. You know, in his English, his like broken English. He's like, I'm a pretty good weightlifter. I'm like, yeah, I, I would. So Ian Wilson was like, he's hearing this whole conversation and he's cracking up because like, if you don't know who this weightlifter is, it's like, <laughs> so I thought that was a pretty cool, uh, a pretty cool moment. And um, the other one too would have to be when I officially got to meet Max Lang and the German team. Um, I thought that was pretty neat too, because when I first started everyday lifters, that was like my big, like, I get, I'm going to meet Max Lang one day. I'm going to get to photograph him and, and then the day came and I was very like public about that on Instagram stories. So, but I, and I would make jokes like when I meet him, I'm going to give him a piggyback ride and all this stuff. And then the day came that I was going to meet him. I'm like, holy shit, Viv, this is really happening. Like this is, <laughs> this is going to really happen. He remembered me. And so here was the German team like, oh, here's the American. I'm like, oh my gosh, they all know who I am. Um, is that because he, he, you, you tagged him on Instagram. So he probably saw those stories. Yeah, like a stalker, like really? a stalker. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I'm going to meet, but who, you know, you say these things and you don't really think it's going to happen. And then I guess I put it out there in the universe and then, you know, um, he actually sent Danny and I a shirt and like a signed autograph, like a photo, which was like the nicest thing. Um, but those are sort of like the big top story, like the big sort of stories that stick out in my head. I'm sure there's others. Um, well, that's pretty cool that that Max Lang was so, you know, just so cool about it and yeah. and, and and willing to be a part of, of the experience. You know, I'm sure everyone has a little moment like that. You don't realize you know, like how small of a population is actually on social media versus mm. probably who's not. And so it kind of feels like social media is just as big as the world is big. But really, it's not. So if you tag someone, they might see it. I've tagged a couple people on this podcast, and then they liked it. And I was like, whoa, that's yeah. pretty cool. They, they liked it. You know, and they just happened to be, you know, they're probably doing, they're probably just laying in bed. They should be going to sleep, but they're surfing through Instagram like we all do. Mm -hmm. And they saw they were tagged, they saw it, gave it a quick like, and then they moved on. That was probably it. And it's, you don't realize that that happens. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Yeah. What would you say that that was the most starstruck you were when meeting someone in the weightlifting community? 
I would say yes. I probably, probably Max Lang, just because like, I don't know, because there was like this ongoing joke, like, Viv, you're going to meet him one day. And I'm like, I totally am. And then the day came, I'm like, all right, what, what do I do now? <laughs> um, so they're, they're just like really nice people. I've got, I've become friendly with uh, folks from the German team. And so when I saw them again in, um, in Ashgabat, Turkmenistan, um, it was just really nice to see familiar faces. So like they walked in, like when I arrived and I was in the, in the training hall, my first day, they walked in and they were like, Hey, what's up? I'm like, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they're just like well, really nice people. You know, weightlifting is a community. And I think, you know, some people, they get into the sport or they get into sports in general and you don't realize everyone's just a person like you, yes. you know? So yeah. like if you, they're, they're not going to be, you know, well, some, might have a big well, ego and be yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there might be some who are a little more holier than thou but it's like you know just it, it it never hurts to say hello to someone but like you said be respectful if they're trying to do their job obviously now is not the moment like you mm -hmm. can't seize the moment all the time when yeah. Lydia's trying to do her lifts you can't run yeah. there as for a selfie yeah um and then if you do do that you need to be prepared to get the wrath of someone who's trying to do their job. Like imagine if you were trying to do your job and someone's trying to interrupt you, you know, you'd, yeah. you'd be a little upset about it. Yeah. What, what would you say, you know, outside of that, or maybe that's the moment has been the most special moment out of all of your travels and shooting photos of all these different people. Is there one moment that kind of stands out as like, wow, that's something I'll, I'll never forget. It's not weightlifting related, but it's because I went to a weightlifting competition. So I think, I, I think Turkmenistan, Ashgabat Turkmenistan was like, will be a trip that I will always remember. And it's because of the people that I met there. So there was like, for example, there was a photographer who took a picture of me, went out, got it printed and framed it and gave it to me before I left. There wow. was like, yeah. And then there was a, a young guy who, um, so a lot of, there were a lot of volunteers there and there were a lot of people that we had just become friendly with. Uh, but there was one guy in particular who, and, and, and you have to, I don't know if you know much about Turkmenistan and uh, I don't. their situation. Okay. So I won't go get into it here, but there was one kid in particular who we decided to take him out for his birthday and we gave him a gift and it was a lot of money. Like, you know, we gave him a gift and he was like in complete tears He's like, this will be a birthday that I will never forget. So it was me, the people from Lifting Life. We all just took him out and just like celebrated him. And even, you know, it's not weightlifting related, but because of being, because weightlifting has like given me all these other experiences, that was just kind of like, I don't know, a neat memory. Yeah. And um, so was he, he was working at the event or, yeah. okay. So he was like one of the loaders or photographer? No, he was just like someone who, um, because they were very strict there on who was allowed to go where, like you couldn't, you couldn't breathe the wrong way because <laughs> they would tell you, but we, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like if you're just like nice to people and respectful, they will be like that in return. So the, the guy who really manned the, because photographers were not allowed to be in a certain part on the main plat on the main area, but we managed to get our way in and we were just like really nice to the people like hey we have a job to do is this okay and finally they were like yeah we totally understand so he was just one of the people there that was just very helpful with um like helping us <laughs> with uh like where we can get groceries from like 
where the bathroom, he just helped us while we were there. So we, while, before we left, he had told us that it was his birthday and he had invited us out and we're like, you know what, we're going to take you out. We're going to give you the biggest birthday ever. And we took him out into this dinner. So yeah. That's, that's super cool. I mean, it's do, do good things for other people, treat people the right way, like you said. And it's like, you never know what little action or something you think might be a little action might be something huge to someone else. Like even just telling someone like, Hey, you know, you did a good job today or high five. Well, maybe not anymore, but you know, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, just like, you know, just uh, the smallest of things. Cause you don't realize like if you tell someone, Hey, good job today on uh, whatever it is, uh, they may not have heard someone tell them good job in several months. Yeah. So it's just, um, it's, it's, it's always good to have that in the back of your head. You know, when you say something to someone, imagine that like, you know, like your words are weighty, you know, and, and you don't know what this other person's going through. So that, that's so cool that you guys just did that. No, I think that's a, it shows a lot of, you know, your character and also lifting life's character on like what kind of a company they are. Yeah, they are. They're just like, really that's Ryan and Hala. That's how they are. Like, you, you should have them on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to reach out to them and, and, and get their story and, and talk about, you know, more more behind the scenes weightlifting stuff uh, at these meets. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty cool that you've been able to travel the world because of, of weightlifting, essentially. Like, I, I know for myself, I never would have gone to Savannah, Georgia, if I didn't have weightlifters lifting at the Howard Cohen or at nationals, yeah. I would, I, I wouldn't have even gone to Buffalo, New York, had it not been to weightlifting. I would literally just be here in Albany or just be wherever I am. And I've been able to go to so many different places in the States and Canada and mm -hmm. whatnot because of weightlifting. Uh, and you've been able to go all over the world. How has it been experiencing that? Is it like, it's a little surreal, like, Hey, I'm going to Turkmenistan. When would I ever decide to do that? And what, what, what's been your favorite place to go to? Um, it's definitely surreal, James. And I, it's something that I'm so grateful for every day because, you know, really my, my imagination is limited to what, I, what my experience is in life, right? So if I can experience more, then that's awesome because that means just like, oh, there's a whole, fu a whole new future me, like later on 10 years from now, like ready to do even much bigger things and help more people. Um, so yeah, definitely on the flight to, uh, because Turkmenistan, that was a that was a long flight. <laughs> that was a really long flight. Oh, I but, can imagine. Yeah, on my way there, I'm like, this is really happening. I can't believe this is really happening. Um, but I think my fa and I haven't been to like, you know, there's other places I want to visit, like Spain and um, I'm trying to think. There was like another country too that I wanted to go to, but um, I've been I've been to Ashgabat and I've been to Germany. But Germany is a place that will always like hold a special place in my heart. I love Germany. Any, um, any travel advice for people who are all of a sudden embarking on going all, all over the world? I'm sure you had to learn a lot of ins and outs on both the travel. And then when you get to these countries, you know, like I, I've only been to Canada that's, uh, and you know, I've been to Puerto Rico. That's as, that's as far as my travel has, has, has gone with weightlifting. Um, any advice when you're going to Turkmenistan or Germany and you've never done this before and you're doing it because your sport is pulling you out of your comfort zone? Um, so it depends. Like if you're a photographer and you're traveling, um, my advice to a photographer would be entirely different than let's say you would be going 
for pleasure uh, because when I'm going as a photographer, I have to be careful of how much I pack. So for like a trip like Ash Ashgabat, I I brought I bought I brought with me bare minimum clothes and I did my laundry by hand. So I would have extra room for my cameras. Uh, versus if I had just went for fun, <laughs> yeah. you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be like that. Uh, I think but, that's good advice for an athlete too. You know, like I, I know I learned the hard way. If I'm going to a weightlifting event, I could buy a t-shirt there. Like yeah. why am I packing so much clothes? And yeah. I already know I'm probably going to buy a t-shirt. The likelihood is high. Mm -hmm. So now if I bring all this extra clothes and then I buy these extra clothes at the event, now I have to stuff it all in my bag somehow. So I guess my, I've never lost a bag, but I guess my advice would be that anything you're okay with losing, check that in, <laughs> you know, and anything that you cannot be without, make sure you have it on carry on. Yeah. I could imagine that would be terrifying. Like you get, you get to Germany and they're like, uh, miss your, 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 your yeah. camera didn't come in. Hello? Yeah. Uh, it will be delayed by five weeks, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what do you do then? I guess you have to go and buy a new camera, you know, like out there in Germany. Yeah. So I ended up getting, uh, I didn't know this, but like my regular insurance to cover my equipment did not cover international trips. So I had to make sure I changed that. Uh, because if something happened to my camera, it, it, my insurance wouldn't cover it. So it's all those little things that I learned along the way. Yeah. <laughs> Contact the insurance agency and, and let them know. Yep. Yeah. And I, that's, you know, that's something that I never would have thought about. I would have just got on, you know, although I, I try to travel with just one bag. So I would have tried just yeah. to do it with everything, you know, not checking everything. Cause I've had bad experiences with checking bags and I, I hope to never have to do it again, but we'll see what new regulations there are. Uh, any, any advice as a professional, you know, of in taking photos and documenting events, if uh, uh, people take their own photos, you know, of course there's the Instagrammy photos, but you have like maybe like the mom or dad or someone who wants to take photos of their kids. Where do people go wrong in trying to take photos of their loved ones at a sporting event? And also, what are your thoughts on things like filters, you know, the Instagram filters, things like that? Um, so I think any, anybody who's like a parent or, or let's say, because I've seen this too, let's say there's a, a team that's gone out, they, they go out. American Open and they may have like a hobbyist photographer who's on the team and they're looking to just grab some photos but they don't want to spend a whole lot of money on like you know a bunch of photo packages um, I guess my advice would be like instead of investing in very expensive equipment that you may not end up using later on uh, rent your gear so if you're a mom or a dad and you just want some quality photos um, rent the gear and call it a day, <laughs> you know? So you're not sitting on like a $3,000 camera that you're never going to use every function that it has. I mean, that's just my opinion on it. And then. No, that, that's a good idea, you know, cause I mean, you might buy a camera and not understand, like you said, the vast majority of what it can do and you're just pointing and clicking. It's like, yeah. you, you probably didn't need that camera, you know? Yeah. I mean, my, my whole thing for peace of mind, I'd rather, you know, it's, just you could end up hiring the person because I, I've heard, I've had that happen too. Like I've heard of people saying like, Hey, I went back and I tried to export my images and they're just like all really crappy. Um, and it ends up being more work for them, especially if you're not, cause I think people think like photography is just picking up a camera and shooting. Uh, but there's so much, <laughs> there's so much more involved. 
Um, and as far as filters, you know, this is like a weird thing. It depends on the photographer you ask. So if someone like, if someone takes my photo and I've given them permission to use it because they're writing a, a piece, I don't know, then no, you cannot apply any filters on my images. But if you've purchased a photo package from me, you can do whatever you want with your images. They're yours. So. So it kind of, kind of just depends on, on the situation yeah. and whether you own it or not. Now, are you 100% digital? Do you do any, you know, like, uh, like film and developing and going into a dark room, anything like that? No, all digital. So all, all digital. Is there any benefit to doing it the, the old fashioned way? Um, there is sort of a, there is a feel to film, film photography that you can't really mimic in digital. I mean, you could try, there's presets that people can buy. Um, you know, I, I, I like, it's something, um, who was it? Will from Barbell Stories. Uh, I don't know if he still does it, but I know he was using film for a little while because there is this feeling of like nostalgia and I don't know, especially when they're in black and white, but it just really depends on what your goal is. So oft, I find often weightlifters are not like, I can't wait to get my prints in. Like that's yeah. not, <laughs> Yeah, they're more to look, looking to, to post some photos. Yeah. Uh, especially yeah. in the, the digital world. Exactly. Yeah. How, how do you print, you know, if, if you, if someone wants to purchase like hard copies, you know, how do you print your photos? Is it on a digital printer? Do you go somewhere? Like, like I know for me, if, if I had to take a guess, like maybe I shot some photos on, on a camera that I had, I would be heading over to CVS and getting it developed. That's yeah, probably yeah. not the good way, right? Oh, no, no, no CVS. Um, Although, you know, sometimes like I've done CVS photos, if it's just like a couple pictures of my kids, but uh, like if you order through Lifting Life, they, I don't know who they use for their printing or if they, I think they may actually do their own printing. Um, when people order through me, I use a specific printing lab because I like the way that their colors come out versus like, I don't know, other printing labs. Yeah, there's probably just a difference in quality. I imagine CVS is more like lower quality. Like it still looks good, but it's still mass production and it has to be done in a yeah. pinch kind of deal. Yeah. Now, uh, how would someone go about, you know, let's say it's, it's an event, right? And someone wanted to reach out and hire a professional which of course they should look up Viviana, <laughs> you know, like, like if they're, if you're listening to this podcast, like why are you going anywhere else? But <laughs> let's say someone, you know, like that they're in on the, another part of the country or they just don't know, how do you choose a professional? Like, how do you know, like this is the right person for my wedding or to, for this sporting event or anything like that? I think when it comes to photography, People hire an experience. They don't, aren't always necessarily hiring because of the way the photos look. I mean, there is a part to that. They may look at someone's portfolio and they say, wow, I really like her pictures, but they also kind of get drawn into what kind of experience am I going to have with this particular photographer? So I've had photographers that have like, let's say chosen Andy over me because Andy, there's something about Andy that if they get to hang out with him, they, they get an experience from him versus you know, with me, it'd be entirely different or even with wedding photographers. So like the kind of wedding photographer I am is going to be different because I'm sort of like bubbly and sort of silly and we joke around and that they're buying an experience versus like, you know, another photographer who may be more serious and they're all about like formal posing. So it just, it, it just depends. I, I would say before you hire anyone to make sure that you like them. 
Yeah. Yeah. Sp- spend some time with them, you know, have a, a conversation, maybe, yeah. maybe do a, maybe do a podcast, maybe do an hour long podcast, really get to know them or listen <laughs> to the podcast and be like, you know what? I'm going to hire you. <laughs> Very cool. I, I think that's great advice. You know, I mean, I've, I, I've, I've met, you know, many an amateur photographer out there and they say they do weddings and it's like, but you know, why, why wouldn't I hire a quote unquote professional versus an amateur? You know, I'm, I'm not sure if there's uh, a, a reason behind it or what the difference between a professional and amateur is. Uh, what, what do you think about that? It's, it's so funny you said that because that was a, a big question that was on my Instagram stories recently because it was a lot of like, I don't know, people were very passionate about this, like, but this is a professional, but this is, you know, this is what an amateur. So my, at the end of the day, a professional photographer accepts responsibility for what happens. So they're the, that's the way that I see it. So like, if you're an amateur, you're probably not doing contracts. You're probably doing it for a friend. And if everything goes to crap, (laughs) you're kind of like, oh, well, okay, sorry, versus a professional, um, you accept full responsibility for, you know, the, qual- you know, the quality of service for what you, the, the end product. Yeah. I, I feel like if you're an amateur, you have the, the tool or the defense mechanism of saying, well, I'm not a professional. And you hold up your hands and you're, <laughs> and then it's like, well, then why did we hire you in the first place? You know? Yeah. And it's almost like you're kind of out there hustling a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine there's a decent amount of that going on. And the way you described it, it kind of sounds like with, with coaching or training, it's like, well, who, who is a professional, you know, and who are you going to see? And this is, is this the right person? Like there's probably a lot of industries that share a similar experience like that. I agree. Yeah. There were, there were a few people who messaged me on Instagram saying like, Oh, like I could see this with like weightlifting coaches. I could see this like with electricians, like I could totally see this going on in you know, whatever industry. Yeah. Well, that, that's good that you're talking about it. I feel like it's, it's a conversation that it shouldn't offend anyone. And I feel like maybe the people who are being offended are the, 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 the culprits, the ones yeah. who are <laughs> from, anyways, like you're the guy who just has a camera and like, yeah, I'll, I'll film your, your, uh, your kid's soccer game. And all of them are like of feet or the grass or yeah. a squirrel you saw, you know, and not really capturing what they wanted you to catch capture. And I feel like someone like you has a more intimate knowledge of like what a photo should be and what should be pulled out of a photo. Like if the photo should carry weight and emotion with it yeah. versus just being just like, I guess something like a, like, like, like we said earlier, just an Instagram selfie or a, a peace sign or something like mm-hmm. that. Two different animals. Yeah, entirely. Now, through your whole experience with photography and weightlifting, I'm sure you've learned some some big life lessons or just lessons in general along the way that you use to kind of mold, you know, your approach to life and how you do everything. What are some of those those lessons that you've pulled through this whole experience? Ooh, that's a good one, James. Oh, life lessons. Um, I think for me in this season in my life is as a photographer is to have no regrets. Um, so, and when I say that is like, you know, there were in the, in the, in the very beginning of my career as a weightlifting photographer, there were times that I was hesitant on showing my work. I lacked the confidence, um, 
I did not give myself a whole lot of like leeway. I felt like I needed to be a certain way when it, when it came to weightlifting photography. Um, and not, and nothing bad, but I've had, like, I've had folks tell me like, oh, but you're just a soccer mom with a camera or like, you know, oh, why don't you do it more like how Hook Grip or All Things Gym do it? You'll be more successful. So that was a little tough for me um, in the very beginning because I felt like I needed to do things a certain way. So I think life lesson for me is that I have become very, I've become, I have become more comfortable with my voice and I have less regrets. So, yeah. Yeah, I, that's, it would be, if you were just like Hook Grip, and the next person was just like hook grip and all things gym was just like hook grip. It'd be totally boring. You yeah. know, like there's uh, um, everything is so diverse and so multidimensional. Like why not see things from different perspectives? That's, that sounds like the worst advice you could possibly give someone. Like why yeah. not be just like that? And I, I like how, you know, it, it just shows again, how just you're a strong person, you know, like you're a great weightlifter, a very talented photographer and a strong person because you know there's going to be naysayers all the time who are like oh well you're just this they're just going to instantly classify you you're just a house mom with a camera and it's like no i have a dream and actually i have courage by holding this camera to do it right now and then like i really i, I think what never happens probably is when someone says that to someone the person who's being told that they can't do something doesn't flip it around on the other person and says you know, like, no, I'm actually strong because I'm doing something and I'm pursuing it slowly. It's going to take time that I want to do. What are you too afraid to do right now that you would wish yeah. that you were doing? Because that person's probably just projecting on you, right? They're afraid All to do time. something. Yeah. They see you free, you know, like you might be at a soccer game with your kids or something taking photos and they're projecting on you because they're terrified to take the leap. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's a big thing. Like it's, I mean, I was supposed to, right? Like have like my life figured out at a certain age. Like that's what we're told, right? And then here I was like, oh yeah, that degree that I got in education. Yeah, I'm just not gonna do it anymore. I'm gonna become a photographer now. <laughs> and that terrified people, James. That like, I don't know what it was, but it, and it I mean, it's, it's not like it was affecting them uh, directly in any kind of way, but people were like freaking out. Yeah, it's Yeah, true. that they, they kind of can't comprehend it. It's like, all right, if you got a psychology degree or whatever, but then you decide, you know, like five years into it, it's really not for you. You're not enjoying it. You only have one life, right? Yes. If you'd, if you'd rather work at a zoo because you love animals and you're mm -hmm. like, you know what? Like, at least I have that foundation of an education that helps with most places, but I'd really rather feed the animals all day. And that's when I wake up, I'm, I don't feel like I'm going to work. I feel like I'm just doing something that I love to do then I, I feel like, why not? You know, and it's, there's never a time limit on when you can change. That's right. There's not, you only have, there's just one life right here. I <laughs> just one life. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It, it. What sounds terrifying to me is someone who would just endure for just because they think it's what they're supposed to do. When in reality, no one else really cares, right? Like if you got like a, a degree in, in engineering, but you would rather serve ice cream and make ice cream, and you'd probably make pretty good ice cream because you have an, that engineering background. Like engineers are very talented people. They know how things work. So they could probably figure it out. It's like serve the ice cream, you know, like it's, it's, it's not worth it to, to do something you don't want to do. Yeah. 
be a weightlifter, be a photographer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Awesome. Well, Viviana, this has been such a great conversation. I'm, I'm glad I finally had a chance to sit down and learn your story and, and just hey. your thoughts on weightlifting and the world and photography. Any, any last uh, uh, comments that you want to leave the listener with? The, any last words of wisdom, anything like that? Oh, oh gosh. I don't know. Just like, I don't know. Keep lifting. I think that's pretty solid advice, right? Yeah. <laughs> Squat regularly. I don't know. <laughs> no, I th that's perfect advice. It's perfect <laughs> advice for this show. Yeah. USA Weightlifting, that was their slogan. It's been their slogan all throughout the lockdown and the quarantine. It's like, when, when in doubt, you can, you can lift. When in yeah. doubt, just keep lifting. Yeah. Perfect. Well, Viviana, where can people follow you? Where can they find all of your work? your services. I know you have a couple Instagram channels. So like tell everyone everything. Okay. Wow. So for weightlifting, it's at everyday underscore lifters. And then for my weightlifting work, it's at Viviana Podaisky. <clears throat> there are a couple fake accounts floating around with my name, uh, really? which is very bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> so somebody actually took my everyday lifters logo and created a fake everyday lifters Instagram account. Which is, it's bizarre, James. So bizarre. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find me. Um, I do have a private account, but I don't accept requests. <laughs> so it's like sort of my safe space and that's pretty much it. Yeah. I think that's very smart to have a separation of weightlifting and work and stuff, and then have your own. That's like probably for family and friends and stuff, you know, yep. that's, that's actually, that's, that's a great idea. Like who needs to see photos of your kids and the family get together and whatnot. Yeah. Well, you might have inspired me to try to do something, but I already have so many Instagram <laughs> accounts that I have to manage. Well, great. Thank you so much for coming on. James, thank uh, you for having me. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure you follow The Barbell Strikes Back on Instagram. Make sure you follow me, James A. McDermott. Head on over to iTunes and Apple and give a five-star rating. Leave some feedback, anything that you want to hear. If you have a recommendation on someone to come on the show, leave it all there or shoot me an email. It's attached to the show as well. Thank you so much for listening. And Viviana, again, one more time, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you.